You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the to the eighth episode of the Tomahawk Nation uh, Florida State Hoops podcast. This is January fourteenth, twenty twenty, and this this is the the UVA MegaCast preview. Uh, we're we're pretty much we're going to talk a little bit maybe in the opening uh, a couple of other teams, but we're basically going to focus just on the showdown with the defending national champion Virginia Cavaliers. Uh, that that is. Coming up tomorrow, January 15th, in, in the Tuck. I'm Matt Minnick. I'm joined by Michael Rogner. Uh, so why don't we just get into it? We, Florida State is the, is the ninth-ranked team in the country this week, uh, which, which is you know higher than I would say. Mo- we did get up to sixth a couple of years ago with the John Isaac team, but higher than most years. And, and looking at the top, looking at the eight teams ahead of us, Michael, um, they are Gonzaga, Baylor, Duke, Auburn, Butler, Kansas, San Diego State, and Oregon. Again, one through eight. That's Gonzaga, Baylor, Duke, Auburn, Butler, Kansas, and then San Diego State and Oregon. Which of those teams, um, if if you were looking ahead here and thinking about a, a neutral court game in March, maybe in the Elite Eight, which of those teams would you most want Florida State to be matched up with? Yeah, there's some surprises that aren't in there, like Michigan State, Villanova. You know, those guys are always top ten. Kentucky's um, is yeah, Kentucky. tenth, although they are right below Florida State. But yeah, right, they're right, they're right on our tail. But for the for the guys for the for the eight teams that are in there, you know, it's 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 tough not to say Duke, but I think Butler 
And you know, Butler really. Butler's the team that you want to mo- that you most want to face or least want to face. Oh, sorry, no, least. That's the team I don't okay. want to play. All right, well then, let's go back. Which team of those eight? Who would you? Mo- you're saying, oh, please give me this team for the uh, for the draw. Auburn, they're in there because of their record. They're 15 and 0. They haven't, you know, they obviously haven't lost a game. Um, but I also. You know, they're a good team, and I don't even know that we'd be favored over them, but who have they played and beaten this year? That's like, you know, NC State. Uh, yeah, they NC beat NC State, State by four. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's about the go. extent of it. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. yeah. They beat Lipscomb. There you oh, go. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's it. They they usually do some – aren't they – what are they, in the, uh, the A-Sun or the SoCon? I feel like they might be – so they're in fun. one of the yeah they're in one of those yeah yeah, yeah. and so, uh, yeah just playing Auburn plus you got Bruce Pearl jumping around the sideline that's always fun so that'd yeah be, they, they did game. lose a lot of pieces off their team last year too right they did yeah and but but they're and and they're good again they're probably not Final Four good like they were last year but yeah well so I guess my point in saying that was um, a lot of their folks maybe don't have that. You don't have to worry about them having that Final Four run experience, or you know they might not have been key members of it. Um, okay, so you've kind of already, I think, given the answer here. But if of those eight teams ahead of Florida State, if we were looking at an Elite Eight matchup in March, um, who, who, which of those teams give you the heebie-jeebies, and you'd say no, no, thank you, sir. Yeah, Butler. They uh, they've got one loss, and it was a it was a one point loss. Um, on the road at Baylor, which is another team that's right there in, in, the, in the top five. Um, they slow the game down. I don't, I don't want any part of that. They're crazy uh, tough to uh, uh, get offensive rebounds against, which is always a, you know, a key part of, of our scoring against tough defenses. Um, yeah, they're, 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 they're a tough, legit team. And they have Kamar Baldwin, who is – Kamar Baldwin. You know, he could be first-team All-American and should be, you know, at least second team. And anytime you've got a player like that in March, it, it spells trouble. Yeah, and, and it's, not your, uh, it's not your older brother's Butler team either that, you know, not to say that those Brad Stevens teams weren't talented. I mean, heck, Gordon Hayward's uh, <laughs> on a max contract up at the Celtics. But this isn't a team that would be coming out of a Horizon League that maybe hasn't faced similar length or toughness. You know, we're talking about a, a Big East team who, who is going – they are going to be tested in March. And you add in their kind – their, like you said, uh, Kamar Baldwin, their style of play. I, I think that's a great one. Uh, real quick, though, what, Butler over Duke, is that – you know, is that's probably going to surprise some folks. Is it just that we, we would have seen Duke a couple times before? Maybe more yeah, – Exactly. So, so Ham and, and Coach K have coached against each other probably – what is it, like – 20 something I was going to say 25 times yeah yeah so you you know what what to expect against Duke um you know the the flip side of that is they they also know what to expect but Florida State has traditionally played Duke uh you know fairly well even though Duke is you know usually rolling out five stars off the bench so it I feel a little more comfortable playing Duke yeah they, they also play at a pace I think that favors Florida State more um, watching their Clemson game right now. Clemson's actually been able they're, – they're in the lead at halftime, and Clemson's been able to turn them over a bit, which, of course, uh, you know, Florida State this year seems to be uh, leading – close to leading the country in turnovers. Um, but so speaking then, uh, you mentioned Butler with the pace that they – the slow pace that they play at and how in March that, you know, that could certainly cause some issues and you get into a bit of a high-variable game like that. 
coming in uh, coming to our preview here of Virginia, Virginia is the ultimate slow paced team, right? So let's, let's use that transition. They are literally the slowest team in the country. That is something that they typically are under Tony Bennett. Um, they are also typically ranked, at least lately when Florida State has played them. I believe they've, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, they've been ranked for every week in the last two years. And this was the first week in which they haven't been ranked uh, during that stretch. So if you're, if you're flipping through your AP ballot and don't find them, this is unusual. Uh, they, are, they are the defending champions sort of in, in name only. Is that right? Yeah, so they are uh, definitely a very different team than than what you would have seen in the, in the national title game. That that team had three dudes on it that were all, you know, just crazy high level, fun to watch uh, players. You know, uh, 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 DeAndre Hunter and uh, Ty Jerome, um, and then Kyle Guy. Those guys were all all a lot of fun to watch. You know, people complain about watching Virginia games, but the, but last year they were actually fun to watch. This year, different story. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll we'll. They're still a dangerous team. You know, any team that defends like they do is is still dangerous. So uh, we got our work cut out ahead of us. Yeah, and so speaking of defend, you, you say any team that defends like they do. Um, from a statistical standpoint, I can just throw out there that they are, as of as of this moment on the podcast, they are uh, the number two ranked defense in the country in terms of defensive efficiency. No, folks, that is not just like we're not talking about points per game, right? That it's not just a product of their uh, slow pace of play. When when adjusted for tempo, when adjusted for the opponents they've been playing. Uh, when adjusted for location of the game, they have the second-ranked uh, most efficient defense in the country. What is it? What specifically you hear about the pack line all the time and the pack? You know, Tony Bennett's pack line D. What what is the pack line? Yeah, if, if you if you go back, and I'm just on their def- defensive efficiency there. If you go back, uh, advanced data has been around, of which deficient uh, efficiency stats are, are one of those things, have been around since 2002. And uh, right now, Virginia is basically tied with West Virginia for the best um, defense in that entire uh, time span. So, yeah, they're, they're, it's legit. And they do play a pack line defense. Um, the easiest way to visualize that is, you know, you've, you've got, because of the, the change in three-point lines, like now every court has like two or three three-point lines on it. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you were to draw another one, let's say a step inside the old line, so about at like 17 feet, um, what the pack line means is that the four defenders who are not um, on the ball should all be inside that line. You know, it's, it's, it's literally like a pack of, of defenders. And then the one defender who has a uh, responsibility on the ball um, should be exerting maximum um, pressure. And so the, the idea is that the closer uh, the offensive player gets to the basket, the, the harder it is to, to score. The closer the offensive player gets to the basket, uh, the harder it is to score. So uh, if, if that's the case, then what is the, what is the ideal way to attack it? Yeah, so pack lines give up a lot of, of jump shots. Um, the, you'll see if you look up any any pack line defense, so, you know, Louisville, uh, Virginia, Arizona, you know, they're typically giving up a lot of threes. Uh, so that's one way to beat them is to somehow scheme your way to, to threes. They sort of uh, bait you into taking a lot of long twos. 
Um, you know, we talk about that a lot on the pod about, about those are the shots you don't want to take sort of the least efficient shot in basketball. Um, but if you look at, at Florida State this year, um, you know, the, the stat of the day here is what who's the number one two point jump shooting team in the ACC? That's Florida State. Uh, they're, I think, think 11th in the country in two-point uh, jumper percentage. Um, so we've got some guys who are, are really skilled um, at scoring against the pack line, and we've kind of seen that since, oh, I don't know, since about Dwayne Bacon came into the program. So right now we've got uh, um, MJ Walker and um, let's, let's – let me – Devin sorry. Vassell certainly yeah. has the, the stroke from all over the court, it feels like. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I'm I'm still fighting this cough. So Devin Vassell, Patrick Williams, you know these are these are guys who can just elevate over um, defenders and get it and get a good shot. We heard after the Louisville game, you know, we heard Coach Max talking about how our guys just went right over the top of theirs, um, and so we we saw sort of a lot of that same thing against Louisville, which I think we're going to see against. Um, Virginia. And then the, the last thing that I want to throw out here is that uh, because you end up with like this, this, you know, sort of pack of defenders in the paint, you can often beat them over the top. So sort of, you know, with lobs along the baseline. And last year, you know, we, we, you know, we got a seven foot four guy out there. So it's, it, it's really easy to, to, to make that happen. Whereas with this, this team, it's, it's going to be a little trickier. And I think that's one of the, the places that we're going to, we're going to struggle a little bit is, is getting that penetration to like 10 or 15 feet and then just lobbing over the top of them. Yeah. It's it from all indications, it doesn't sound like uh Bolsha Copravica is going to be able to play in this one. I don't know that that's too much of a surprise if you were in the tuck when he, uh, when he took his hard fall. Um, and, and so that he certainly is a guy who would have been a nice a nice weapon to have against the pack line. We still do have Dom, of course, and and frankly, even a guy like Patrick Williams, who might not be seven feet four tall, but can jump out the gym. Uh, you might see some sets drawn up there. I, I'm intrigued by one of the players who was on Virginia's uh, national title team last year and is back again. Kihei Clark, their point guard. He is one of the smaller guards uh, in the ACC and one of the smaller ones that we will face all season. And in last year, you saw uh, Trent and even David Nichols just be really be able to kind of, you know, get to the spots that they wanted to get to. And, and like you just said about the Louisville game, shoot right over him. Is that someone who you think that we're going to be trying to, you know, get some action go into where we are screening folks and trying to isolate uh, someone like a Vassell, an MJ Walker, or a Trent Forrest on uh, Kia Clark? Yeah, that was, that was a really interesting um, recruitment to watch is that how, how's this 5'9 kid end up at, at Virginia? You know, pack line, you don't really need – um, you know, super high level athletes, um, but you do really value length. Um, you just, they don't, they don't need to be as sort of explosive as someone like Patrick Williams. Um, but a five, nine guy doesn't fit into a pack line defense any more than he would fit into, into Florida's, you know, ham style of defense. Uh, so yeah, he's definitely somebody who can, who can be taken advantage of. And he's really probably the only one on that roster because they're they're sort of deceptively tall team, you know they they can go like seven one six nine six eight or something across across their front line, um, and you know then 
you know, bring in these guards who are like six, seven. So, you know, they've got, they've definitely got some size to, to try to keep teams from just going over the top. But Kihei Clark is, yeah, he, he's a little dude and, and, uh, you know, Florida State's good. will definitely, part of the plan will be attacking him. Well, and not only is he a little dude, he's, uh, they've, they've had a couple injuries this year and, and frankly, they just don't quite have the, the kind of depth that they had last year. Go figure, right? They don't have quite as much depth as the national title team. Uh, but he's, he's playing, you know, 90% of their minutes too. So not only is he little, but the, he, de- he just doesn't, he can get tired. You know, he, he's, he's asked to do a lot for them. Uh, he is a good playmaker. He's got a, he's got a really high assist rate. Um, he's a, he's a, a decent, you know, a good three-point shooter, but um, he is not not a strong defender. Uh, speaking of uh, three-point shooting, maybe let's go go over to the other side of the court here and think about. So, defense defensively, Virginia is elite. Not just elite um, for this year in college basketball; they were elite uh, for the last couple of decades on defense. Offensively, it, it seems as if you know, they're a bit of a train wreck, to be quite honest. I know Braxton Key has been hurt. He's one of those 6'8 kind of wings you're talking about uh, that, that can do a lot for them. He's been hurt. He is back playing, but he appears rusty. But why has the uh, Virginia offense been been so bad this year? Uh, to, I mean, they're ranked 228th in the country. Yeah, and actually, and it, it, it got off to a start where it didn't look like that was going to be the case you know they, they looked pretty good early and I think the reason was mostly you know Mamadi Diakite you know so he's six nine senior who's you know one of these players who's from Africa and he didn't play much growing up and he's he's just been developing really quickly over the years and it didn't it didn't take teams long to realize that Virginia really has not you know has nothing once you get past Diakite and so they've you know, in the last 10 games or so, teams have really been focusing on shutting him down and letting Kihei Clark and, and Screaming Jay Huff and Casey Morcel and uh, Braxton Key kind of be the, the guys who are doing damage. And they just haven't, they just haven't, you know, been able to do that. And so it, it, it seems like Virginia should be deeper than they are. You know, they shouldn't be that reliant on, you know, on those like six guys, but one of the things that that uh, uh, Coach Bennett has had problems with in the past is just developing, you know, that end of the bench. He's, it's not like they're not talented. They've got seven blue chip roster, uh, blue chips on the roster. So uh, that's one of them, uh, that's three more than Florida State, just for yeah. folks listening out there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. One of to be fair, one of them sitting out. The, the best one is sitting out for the year. He's a transfer, um, but still, they've got uh, you know former four star recruits who have been in the program a couple of years sitting on the bench and not doing anything. And, and, you know, it's just, I don't know if it's a failure to develop or a failure to, to identify or, you know, what's going on, but it's like, they've got all these talented players who are just sitting on the bench, not doing anything. Yeah. I, I agree with you that it's been a surprise. I, you know, it's interesting, Virginia, if they were to miss the NCAA tournament, they wouldn't be the first recent, uh, national title winner to to miss it the next year I, I think Kentucky missed it after the year that they last won the national title I believe one of the UNC recent title teams um missed the tournament and and on top of that like no uh since Florida went back to back uh, a, a decade or so ago uh almost a decade and a half ago now 
no uh, defending champ has made it past uh, the Sweet 16, I think, in the last 10 or 11 years. So not shocking to see a national title team struggle to replace some of the players who obviously went on to the next level. But I agree that I don't think anyone would have thought that they would be this bad on offense. And, and it seems to be that a lot of their games, if you watch them, they just can't make shots. Uh, and I'm not trying to, to jinx anything here, you know, knock on wood, but we're talking about the 347th best three point shooting team in the country at 26.8% of their made uh, of their threes are, are going in 347. Uh, there are only 300 and, 51 teams so but below them you've got Mississippi Valley State Cleveland State uh, Incarnate Word Jackson State Maryland Eastern Shore and then uh, oddly enough Buzz Williams's Texas A&M Aggies are down there at last in the country in three-point shooting but Virginia just can't seem to make it is is there any fear that all like who, if we were like, well, of course, you know, here we go. They're going to make them against us, right? Who on the roster would scare you as a three-point shooter? It was nice when you were listing those teams to uh, a little shout out to Coach Gates there at, at Cleveland State. Oh, see, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna say that, right? Hey, it's all, it's all, it's all up from here. He, yeah. He, you know, Took over a ship that that had sunk. So, uh, Virginia shooters. Uh, Kihei Clark is is the one who's who's actually made, taking shots and and making them. He he was a okay shooter last year. He's more around forty percent this year. Uh, he has a hard time getting them off just because he's so small. But yeah, but, uh, and against would, our length, I think that could be a challenge off the dribble for sure. Exactly. And then they have this freshman. So Kihei Clark's made. Uh, 22 threes mm-hmm. and they have a freshman who's taken actually more attempts he's taken 60 three-pointers and he's made nine um this is a I, it's I, casey I, morsel right casey morsel yeah so he, he was you know he's like the fifth ranked shooting guard in the class he was really highly rated kid and you know something in his confidence has just gone and and now he's hardly even playing um, so, and if he, so if he does come in, you know, who, you know, who, who knows what we're going to see. And then um, uh, coach Bennett kind of threw another guy, Cody Statman, who's a sophomore um, who is shooting 19% as, as being a guy who is getting a lot of open chances and just refusing to shoot. And it's kind of easy to see why, but yeah, so they've got Kihei Clark who can who can make them, and then a bunch of guys who can't. And then uh, Mamadi Diakite is kind of in the middle there. He's a good shooter. He just doesn't he just doesn't um, you know really rely on the three pointer. But he is one of these guys who can he you know he can step out and and make it. And we'll definitely have to guard him on the perimeter. So if Diakite makes one. We shouldn't throw a, a remote at the screen and, and say, uh, you know, I knew it. The three-point luck just is in our favor because uh, he can make those. I feel like Casey Morsel's the guy that if we want to – like he's the one guy to me that if you say, I don't want him to get a couple of early open looks that he makes because I just – I want his confidence to stay low. Let's, let's have him start 0 for 3 and feel like he doesn't even want to take the next one. Um, okay, so – it's, it's, it sounds to me what you're saying is they really can't shoot. A lot. They have one good three-point shooter and a whole lot of other guys that were supposed to be good and, and just haven't been able to, to move the needle there. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Often, so let's flip it to now Florida State. Where do you think uh, Florida State might be able to have some success? Or, and where might they, they struggle? And is there an area to you know, I guess, uh, for lack, is there one area that you would say, well, we've really got to win in, in this, uh, to, to do the, the expected and win. Yeah. If you go back to last year, so that we, you know, in the ACC tournament, Florida state knocks off Virginia, Virginia was best team in the country. They go on to win national title. If, you know, if you look at that game, um, I think we had seven dunks. We got to the rim like 17 times. It was just, it was just a master class on how to attack a, uh, a pack line defense. The problem is that the seven dunks of the of those seven dunks, only one of them is still on the team. Raycon Gray had a dunk in that game. <laughs> you know, the, the rest is Kumaji and Fee, basically just standing behind the defense and and being there for the lob. So you know what we're gonna what we're gonna need to see is you know a really good game from Trent. We, we got a great game last year from David Nichols, uh, and that was coupled with a good game from Trent. And this year, it's, it's pretty much on Trent's shoulders. You know, you have to, even though the defense is totally selling out to keep you from driving, um, you know, anywhere near the basket, you have to figure out a way to do it. And Trent's really the guy, um, and, you know, maybe a little bit NJ Walker or something, but Trent's, Trent's the guy who has the ability to, to get inside that defense um, you know, we're, we're going to have to knock down threes, but, you know, Florida State's just not a team that's just going to, you know, pick apart a, uh, a Virginia defense um, shooting threes all night. And, and, you know, and even then, what I said probably still sticks. You need somebody driving into the paint to really be able to kick it out and, and get that open three. So I, I would really, you know, I hate to put all the pressure on Trent, but this is a game where, you know, Trent is just going to have to, you know, really be on top of it. Yeah, the good, the good news there is that this is probably the sixth or seventh time that Trent will have faced, uh, faced this pack line defense of Virginia. I agree that it's we can't simply just come down the court and shoot jumpers. I, I'm okay with open corner threes. I'm okay with wing, you know, threes in rhythm off the wing, especially, as you said, coming off of penetration or maybe off an offensive rebound. Um, but we are going to have to rely on on Trent to, to – keep the offense moving, keep the players moving and, and get into the, the teeth of the defense uh, at times. I, another area that I, I'm interested in um, because it's a bit of an anomaly, like the three point shooting for Virginia, it's a, it's, it's a bit of an anomaly for Virginia teams. If you go back to 2015, uh, Virginia is ranked inside the top 20 in turnover percentage on offense uh, every single year. Uh, so last year, they only turned it over 14.7 um, of their possessions, which was 12th in the country. The year prior, they only turned it on 14% even, which was fifth in the country. And, and that really is the case going back to 2015. This year, they are turning it over more than 20% of their possessions. Uh, that's 229th in the country. A lot of this is, is on, you know, we go back to Kihei Clark, A, being a bit undersized, but B, really having to do a lot 
on his own. He's having to dribble a lot. There's not a lot of guys that he can kick to uh, for open shots that will make them. And, and Florida State is, as we know, one of the best teams in the country at turning teams over. I, I feel like if they can, you know, early in the game, create easy offense off of turnovers, off of live ball turnovers before the pack line gets set, that could be a way uh, where we see some of those dunk numbers get up higher uh, in transition. Is, is that something that you think uh, Clark and others are vulnerable? Is that an area where they're vulnerable? Yeah, and, that, and that's the losing those guys to the NBA that we talked about earlier. You know, they they made it so that Kihei Clark didn't really have to do anything. He, he's, he as a freshman last year, he used um, under 13% of the possessions, which is nothing. I mean, if you, it's hard to find players who, uh, who, who, who accumulate stats at such an infrequent rate. Um, and this year, he's over 22%, which, which makes him one of the more ball-dominant you know, players on the, on the court. And so he is uh, you know, asked to do a lot more, and it's not really working out um, so, you know, so far this year. And so Florida State you know, hopefully will be able to rattle him. They had, he had seven turnovers against South Carolina, um, you know, which is a team who can put some pressure on you. And, and you know, if, if Florida State gets that kind of pressure against Virginia, then I think we'll probably win, you know, pretty easily. Um, but we, yeah, we, we shall see. Yeah, it's it's interesting that his not not only his the teams the team's non steal turnover percentage uh, is still pretty good. Uh, it's at eight point nine percent of possessions. They're in the top seventy five in the country. Not great, but decent. Uh, so they're not making a ton of self inflicted mistakes, uh, traveling, throwing out of bounds, whatnot. But their steal percent, like the the number of possessions where the opponent is getting a steal off of them, is is high it's over 11 it's 338th in the country um and so again like you said if that, that if if florida state is able to generate those steals and easy buckets probably should be a you know a fairly comfortable win if you look up at halftime and and you know virginia's got a turnover on less than let's say 16 or 17 percent uh well frankly i would probably say that florida state might be in for a dogfight um so that could be one of those one of those key indicators. All right, um, let's let's transition into then a prediction. Uh, so it's a it's a big game. It's a big game because it's a home game. You you always want to win your ACC home games and then steal a few on the road. It's also not often that you get to welcome the defending national champ, whether they're ranked or not, into your house uh, and, and give them a taste of of what you've got to serve. So uh, what what do you what's your prediction for tomorrow night? Yeah, this is the we talked about this a little bit earlier, but this is the. I think the 17th time that that Ham and Tony Bennett have coached against each other in the, in the ACC, which is which is remarkable. I think that the when I first started doing basketball coverage at at Tomahawk Nation was right right when Tony Bennett was hired, so that was like 11 years ago. Um, he did mention I should point out at at his introductory press conference how fast they were going to play. So that hasn't really we're still we're still kind of waiting for that. Um, but so I don't think that tomorrow's going to be the breakthrough game for his, his speed of play. Uh, I think it's going to, you know, it's going to be all those things. Everybody wants to call it, you know, dog fight, a rock fight, whatever, whatever. Um, but I will take, uh, Florida state, um, by 10 and, um, let's see, maybe 62, 52, something like that. Okay. Uh, and just, just, just for everybody's reference, 
Um, I think Florida State is favored by about six and a half right now. Yeah. Yeah, Ken Palm, I think, has him favored by eight, but the public uh, the public sees the defending national champ, and, and so I'm not surprised it's been bet down a little bit. Um, that That is a funny note about Tony Bennett. It reminds me of how every single time you see uh, – you hear a new football coach come in, it, it doesn't matter whether it's midseason, end of year, beginning of year, whatever – Every single time, I feel like the team says, oh, well, we're practicing way – practices are just a lot harder and, and more up-tempo now, right? I mean, God, the practices are – it doesn't matter who came in as coach uh, and who they're replacing. The practices. I, sh- I should ask you then, how, how, how's the reports of Florida State's football practices been recently? I, I, you got me. I, listen, I like basketball as much as it is. You add in the fact that uh, the basketball team is top ten and, and the Florida State team hasn't been ranked in two years. Um, I'm focused on the tuck, uh, but I, I will. I will also predict a win. I'll say that um, I. I don't actually have this stat in front of me. It's something I now recall reading uh, a few months ago, and so I'm willing to be called out in the comment section if I'm wrong. I believe that Leonard Hamilton is uh, one of just it's either two or three coaches in the ACC that have a winning record over, over Bennett uh, since he came into the conference. Um, it, it's either since he came in the conference or in the last like uh, certain time, but I'm pretty sure it's in the conference. Um, I want to say his record's nine and eight over Tony Bennett, coach K obviously being one. And, and I believe uh, Roy might as well. Uh, so I will predict a win over Virginia and I'll go a little bit higher than you. I, I think that Florida state does turn over Kihei Clark. I think that the tuck will be rocking. We saw this, uh, the students section sold out in a matter of hours. And I think that it, it's going to be one of those that will be probably feel closer for a while uh, maybe even uh, tied or, or within a couple points at halftime. And at some point, the pressure, that constant in-your-face pressure of Florida State's defense gets to Clark, and it gets, it gets him rattled, and, and it snowballs into what becomes, let's say, a 13-point win. Uh, I will say 61-48. to 48. All right, holding holding them under fifty. I I like it. Well, in a let's call it fifty three possession game, <laughs> so right. I don't know that it's going to be skyrocketing our uh, our defensive numbers. I, I I do think it could be a thing where offense looks better, maybe than the or the score looks better than what the offense performed because of a lot of uh, easy transition buckets in the second half. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, that is the that's the pre the the UVA preview pod from from Michael and I. Uh, that that should be so. That's two two of us going down on record for a win to to hopefully keep Florida State in the top ten uh, for another week. Uh, for Michael Rogner, I'm Matt Minnick uh, signing off and go Knowles.